customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! Zach Wilson dropped back from the 20-yard line, a chance to change the narrative, put his team back on track in the AFC playoff race. He had already connected on 8 of 10 passes on the drive, including a Mahomes-esque no-look sidearm throw to Alan Lazard, but on this play... He stared down his target a little too long, allowing Robert Spillane to break on the ball, intercept the pass, and send the Jets back into the misery that they have experienced so often. I tried to add some drama, but let's face it, (laughs) same script for the Jets week after week. Great defense, bad offense, terrible mistakes, and a loss. Thanks for joining the Canway Podcast. I'm Tim McMaster. Along with Zach Rosenblatt, um, thanks for checking us out. If you're watching on YouTube, please pound that thumbs up button. Uh, five-star reviews, always welcome on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast. Zach, how are you doing? You had a day to travel back to the East Coast and <laughs> just get your get your mojo back after witnessing that game. Oh, my God. Well, you, you, don't, you never leave Vegas with your mojo, I would say. <laughs> that Fair. stays there. Um, yeah, and I had a... It was poor travel planning, but so I had a layover, so it was like a long day of travel. To, and and of course the the solid presser, which we're going to get into, what was timed as, as I was walking onto my my plane. So I I like couldn't like so Connor wound up asking like five questions in a row because everybody was traveling, I think. And I like I'm like literally on the plane, so I don't think I could have without all that loud noise been like, hey Robert, why is the offense so bad? Like although the people that. with you on the plane might have appreciated, yeah, they might have appreciated that, but uh, you know. Just, Speaking of Vegas, you know, I went to one of my favorite restaurants ever. It's called Lowry's Prime Rib. They have one in L.A. Uh, I discovered they have one in Vegas. So I went there with Connor and uh, Andy Vasquez, and it, it was so good. But we ate a lot of food, so we went to bed at like – I mean, not I went to bed at like 9.30 p.m. that night. So real exciting Vegas Saturday night for me. And then I got to experience an exciting football game on Sunday night. It was just a lot of fun. Well, since that game, the Buffalo Bills played Monday night and looked very Jetsy in defeat. This mm. is a team that the Jets are going to play next week. Obviously, we'll get more into it in the second episode of the week. But 
The Bills lead late. Pass interference puts the Denver Broncos in field goal range. Uh, Denver kind of messes up a little bit. They have to scramble to get the field goal team on. They miss the kick. The Bills have 12 players on the field. They get to re-kick it. It's good. The Bills are 5-5. Five and five. The Jets are 4-5. and five. And as disappointing as things continue to be for the Jets, this division continues to just lose with them. Kind I know, of. Like, it's crazy. The dream is still alive because the Bills suddenly can't get out of their own way. Yeah. I was just reading our uh, Bills writer, Joe Biscalia's, uh story from last night, and it's kind of like, and fascinating seeing like the other side where they're also like criticizing the offensive coordinator, but the difference is they like have the pieces and they're not using them. Well, like, I mean, the jets do have pieces and we're obviously going to get in they like Garrett and Brees, but they don't have Josh Allen, a quarterback, you know, the, the bills have Dalton Kincaid who looks really good. They have Stefan Diggs, who's one of the top five receivers in the league. And according to Joe, they have like their best offensive line they've had in a long time. And the offense can't get going over there either. And I think a lot of people are blaming the play caller. Josh Allen turns the ball over a lot. Yep. Um, like in, Especially in, against the Jets, to be honest. I think that's kind of, that's always the risk you have with a guy who plays like he does, like the gunslinger Brett Favre mentality where he's going to always throw it. But I, his decision-making has been very poor. Um, and the Jets have his number, so that, that'll be a factor this week, obviously. But, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like it. This is how it was last year, too. They, they'd be losing, and they'd somehow stay in the playoff race because all the teams around them were losing. And e- even the Dolphins, like, for as good as they look to start the season, they've had some games where you're like, maybe they aren't that good. But, I mean, they have the firepower, so you're, you're right. they're the scariest team. And the Patriots are just a complete dumpster fire. I mean, talk about a bad ending. Like, the they have, they have Mac Jones looking absolutely awful all game. One of the worst interceptions. I've yeah, he throws seen. that terrible interception. They pull him for, for Bailey Zappi. And Bailey Zappi, they do a fake spike, and Bailey decides he's not even going to like check like what's going on down the field. He just throws it to three Triple defensive coverage. backs and one receiver. Like, don't th- take a sack like that. It would have even been better. Like Jesus, that was the Patriots are an absolute mess, and it's it's like the all the the noise now is about like if and when Belichick leaves. It's like not like not if. It's more like when he leaves. I should say right. like how. I guess how is the bigger question. Like, is he fired? Is he? retired as he get traded or whatever it is but anyway so we're, we're saying that all to say the jets are a mess but the rest of the afc is just kind of a mess so because of that they'll still be alive as the season goes if they win on sunday then everybody can pretend like the first 10 games didn't happen with this crappy offense um because then you're five and five and you have obviously the tiebreaker for the bills because you would have beaten them twice although i'll say that win against the bills in week one doesn't look as good like no. right second like it was good no matter what because of the circumstances, obviously. But and the Bills look great the next three weeks after that. They did. The, the Bills have the talent, and they've right. had a lot of injuries on defense. I think their defense has held up relatively well, actually. Um, at least it did yesterday. The Broncos, by the way, that win looks actually weirdly better because the Broncos have been playing really well the last few weeks too. So that's the NFL season in a nutshell. Like you think one thing's happening, and you look at a schedule, and you're like, all right, this is the easy stretch. We we said this at the beginning of the year of like we do this every year. We're gonna do it right now. We predict the schedule. It looks like it gets easier after the bye, blah, blah, blah. Well, now, like, post-bye, you know, I mean, they lost to the Raiders. They barely beat the Giants. So those clearly weren't e- easy games. And then you have the Texans coming up, and their Texans are like, I think they're a team that nobody wants to play right now. <laughs> kind of they have thing. a really good number two draft pick. And, yeah. Yeah. That's going to hurt. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there's some games on the schedule that look like they should be easy, but the Jets make it so no game is easy, whether it's a team that's better than them or worse than them, as everybody in this podcast knows. Um, 
So, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. I mean, I guess we can get into the game a little bit. I don't. It was a pretty... Yeah, or maybe even skip the game and just get into <laughs> the, the reaction to the game, right? I mean, the game, Yeah, they haven't scored a touchdown in 11 quarters. I mean, Wilson... Well, we could touch on Wilson a little bit because yeah. I actually... I like the way Zach played most of that game when he was allowed to, right? Like, I think that that fu- not the final drive, but the the drive that resulted in the interception that we started the show with, like, they had to let him throw the ball at that point in the game, and he just kind of he slung it right. Like that that throw to Lazard was I don't know where that came from, but. Yeah. It was like, who, who's playing quarterback right now? Is that still Zach Wilson in there? Like, no look sidearm. He had a fairly good amount of sidearms, which you'd rather him maybe get away from that and just, like, stick to the fundamentals, knowing what we know about how he handles the easy throws. But, like, there was times in that game where you were like, okay, Zach looks like a NFL quarterback here. Yeah. And there were penalties that stopped drives. Um, he had another fumble. And the interceptions, the killer in the biggest point in the game when you're driving and you're like, oh, here we go again. But for chunks of that game, I would in a sense agree with Robert Sala that, hey, we're, we're moving the ball. We'll get into the fact that like that really doesn't matter if you're not scoring points at the end of the day. But like I thought Zach, it was I thought it was Zach's best game since the Chiefs game. I mean, it's not a high bar considering the other games, but um, yeah, I. So I, what I texted I say, you that I texted yeah, you. Like, yeah, I know you. Yeah, you're like, he's great. I'm like, I'm like, calm down. <laughs> he, he was certainly better. And there were, especially in that last drive before the pick, I thought he was like dealing. Um, so what I would say is the play calling was the bigger issue for me in that game. Like Zach Wilson is still an issue. I still think ultimately the quarterback, if number one, the play caller doesn't believe in him. Um, the way he calls plays is clear. He does not believe in Zach. They can say whatever they want. Like yeah, everybody, he has everybody who has eyes, knows what's going on um but every game in the second half of the fourth quarter when they have to throw well that and that's that's a big part of it like Zach I, throws yeah that, that and that's you know why can't they replicate that earlier in the game I, I think you saw i think it was last week where they were doing a lot of no huddle um to try and like replicate that and it wasn't really working but no. they i don't know there's like the decision making in terms of the play calling is just i just it doesn't make sense so often for me um and ultimately with zach like yeah he was better i still just think this offense is being held back by his limitations. And, um, you know, and I, again, I, there, there's just like this huge divide in, in Jets fans right now, even more than I ever remember where they're like, there's, there's the half that's like, we got to get Ben Jack. And there's the other half that's like, it's not all Zach's fault. They're like going with the, the Sala line. And like, I'll see in my mentions, if somebody makes a mistake and you tweet about it, all the mentions, are, oh, but is that Zach's fault? Is that Zach's fault? Yeah, yeah, I that. tweeted about how bad the passing has been since that big Ryan Fitzpatrick year. I'm like, oh, so is Zach Wilson the reason why the passing was bad in all his other years too? I'm like, calm down, guys. <laughs> Zach Wilson is, is not a good quarterback. Like, just because he's not, I mean, it's the same conversation. It's all re- repetitive at this point, but like it, just because he's not the only problem doesn't mean that, you know, you shouldn't bench him. Like he, the quarterback is the head of the snake. I, I keep saying it. That's Salah's phrasing. He said that before. Salah keeps doing the whole, there's a lot of hands in the cookie jar and all that stuff. Um, but ultimately the offense isn't working and, and Salah's whole thing. And we're going to get into his comments. So I won't, I won't touch on that yet, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, Zach, he definitely was was better, but they still were going against a bad defense and the offense 
didn't really do all that much ultimately when you look at like the final stats. Most of Zach's passing yards came in the last two drives. I think like 90 passing yards he had in the last two drives. Like the rest of the game is not that. He he was missing a lot of throws. Yep. Um, the offensive line I thought actually played pretty well in that game. Um, all things considered, I think Max Crosby didn't even um, get a sack. Um, Zach like did get. I'll say this: he he got rid of the ball. Now that may be more about the, yeah. the Raiders' defense. Yeah, he was ball. able to get rid of the ball, but he. I did mean, you had and, you, and again, you had guys making like you had you had the Garrett Wilson trick play where he completely missed Alan Lazard, which was a touchdown. probably a touchdown. Yeah. Um, and you have like terrible, terrible penalties again. Like the penalties, this was as bad as it's been offensively. CJ Uzama, like we're gonna get into personnel changes. I think he would be at the top of my list of guys that shouldn't be playing, honestly. But um, because he, uh, he, the thing is, he's there to block, right? And then yeah, he's getting penalties, penalties on key yeah. run plays. And Michael like, Carter also had a brutal one. But um, yeah, again, I I go back. Zach was not the biggest problem, and the fact that that's like the biggest compliment you can give him some weeks, like it was like that in the Cowboys loss. It's like, I think that says a lot, but you know, and I'm sure we're going to get into the QB thing again. Um, is Tim Boyle better or worse, or could he like provide a spark? Like maybe like, I I don't know. I think it's worth trying. They're not going to do it yet. Uh, I do wonder at what point they do, but um, yeah, the play calling to me is just remains the biggest concern. And, you know, I think everybody knows they're not going to demote Hackett, even if they should. I do wonder if at some point Woody Johnson steps in. I don't, I'm not saying he will or that I think he will. I just do want, I know that he listens to what everybody says. He watches the games and I know he's an impatient owner and he was a big reason ultimately why LaFleur was probably fired. I think because there was some pressure to like fix what was wrong last year on offense and the offense has gotten worse. And so on one hand, you, you do have the Rogers factor and on the other, you have the play crawler who has his offenses historically have always been the worst. Like there's the one year and everybody references with the Jaguars where he Blake Bortles had a great year. It was one year and the defense carried them, but then the next year they were bad again. He got fired before the end of the year. Uh, he goes to Denver. He had, he, he gives up play calling duties after 10 games. And now you have this year where they have the literally the worst third down and red zone offense in like a long, long time. And I, I even pulled up a, a stat because I was uh, I'm working on something about the play calling. Um, and over his last 29 games, like I don't have it in front of me, but the the, the numbers are like really bad. Like they they average like 16 points a game. And teams that, where, he, where he's the primary. Oh, you have it. Okay, go ahead. 16.2 points per game. Scored 30 total touchdowns. Scored 20 or fewer points in 20 games. 10 or fewer points in nine games. And scored more than 30 points once. Yeah, they like his uh, historically, he's just not like a productive play caller. And ultimately, what happened here is, you know, they brought him in to get Aaron Rodgers. So he did his job like he did his number one job, but they didn't consider the risk of what happens after the fact or what they had on their hands because he doesn't really seem to know what he's doing out there a lot of the time. Is that Dalvin Cook finally seems like he's getting going and you pull him out immediately. And Michael Carter goes in there and has all these terrible plays. And um, Brees Hall doesn't get a target until the fourth quarter. Um, you know, Garrett Wilson, they're finally getting involved. Xavier Gibson, they're ca- kind of finally getting involved. But there's still just so many confounding. They run it on first and second down so often. I can't tell you how many times I run on first down or second along. And I'm like, if, if I know right it's at coming, the beginning then, of the game, if too, I know it's like coming, the then a shot. defensive coordinator knows. Patrick Graham, the Raiders defensive coordinator, went to Yale. He's smarter than me. He knows that's coming too, buddy. Um, so I just – their decision-making is confounding, and I don't get the impression they'll change it. I would. You have Todd Downing in the building. I know 
he had, didn't have a perfect tenure with the Titans, but um, they were a very good running team. With it ha- helps having Derrick Henry, but if you look at, I, I looked at his history too. And other than last year when they had a really bad quarterback situation with like Malik Willis and Tannehill being hurt and all that stuff, their offenses were generally good in the red zone and good on third down. And so if if Downing can add something, even if you don't make him the play caller, like give him even more responsibility or something like that. Like something needs to happen because the decision making has just been so poor in my mind. And you know, so you have Zach Wilson, who again is not a great quarterback anyway, but when as we've talked about since week two, if, if you're calling play scared, then he's going to feel that. And so he's going to play scared. And so he doesn't really do any, make any or take any risks and they don't take shots downfield. And it's just, it's just so exhausting watching this boring offense that feels like it's from like decades ago when nobody was like throwing the ball. And I, I just, I, I don't really know what the plan is when they go out there every week. And they, they finally like scored some points in the first quarter. I think they had a field goal or two in the first quarter. First uh, first time they've scored on their first possession. All yeah, season. they scored on their first drive for the first time. Um, and it's just like disorganized, all these penalties. Um, there's a little lack of discipline there. And I get there's some lack of talent at certain spots, but um, I, I just, I don't know, know what's going on there. And I, so I saw this whole thing and I won't step on it too much, but he kept saying, like, I'm not going to make a change just to make a change. I, I don't think you're making a change to make a change. You have the worst offense in the NFL, and the hope is that whether it's Zach or it's Nathaniel Hackett, uh, that making that change will make it so you're not the worst offense in the NFL. <laughs> so, Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, so so he said it's hard to make changes just to make changes just to pacify something, especially when something is not deserving of that. Yeah, if he was deserving, I gotcha. Let's change something. So the other portion, the other part of this equation, beyond like a spark that could actually make the offense better, which is the most important thing, but the other part of this is like the locker room, right? Like the players clearly dejected. Tyler Conklin after the game. We're definitely at the point where something needs to be done. We can't go into next week and roll the ball out there and hope it gets better. I don't know what it's going to, it's going to be, but we got to do something this week to get on the same page. Garrett Wilson was like, I've never seen him like that, right? Like yeah. dejected, upset. And then sauce on the other side of the ball. We're not playing complimentary football. So no, it's not surprising that we lost again, despite the defense being as good as yeah. it was. Um, so yeah, you, you make a change, maybe it helps the offense, but it at least like gives this roster some hope, right? I mean, it's the Mike White thing. Like I know there's some people push back on the whole Mike White narrative, but the reality is when Do he we came make in the some off- Tim Boyle t-shirts, 
Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Right. Like so, sometimes there's a change, like boost. I mean, the Raiders they fired their coach. They still have the same team, but they they changed coaches, and all of a sudden they have a little more motivation or whatever. Like they're playing with a little more edge. So I think there is something to that. And I, I don't know if they need so, somehow they need to get a fire lit under under their ass on offense this week. I don't know. There's talk of a players only meeting. Those are kind of a cliche, and they usually come when things have completely gone off the rails, and that's kind of where we're at. Um, players seem to be open to it because we kind of asked it. It wasn't. It wasn't like they brought it up out of the blue. Like we were asking them, like, do you think you guys need to get together and like the leaders of this team or whatever? I, I don't know if it's Aaron Rodgers getting the team together and like because they listen to him. I don't know, but like somebody needs to step up. They need to change something. Um, and I guess we can transition into that if you want. Um, like Salah made a point that we're making some personnel changes. Um, I think that was, you know, it's, it's not the changes that I think people want to see right now because it, it's the the two at the top that I think a lot of people want to be changed to, to fix this offense. But, I mean, they, they need to change the way they do things. What It's the middle of the season, and you had Nathaniel Hackett last week saying we're trying to figure out what we do good. And I think that's the quote to describe both because of the bad grammar and because <laughs> um, like just like the the context of it being week 10 and they didn't know what they're good at yet. So I, uh, they need to figure it out fast. The season they already had their bye. they can't regroup. They came out of their bye, arguably less prepared. It seems like offensively. So um, their defense remains, you know, and, you know, we, we try not to just be negative all the time. It's hard sometimes with this team. Like, the defense is still very, very good, like, at all levels. Like, you look, the defensive ends, like, they had a bad roughing. Uh, Bryce Huff had a bad roughing the passer penalty. I didn't think it was, like, egregious. He did, like, touch the quarterback when the play was clearly over. I think it was a little soft touch, and I think the NFL has gotten soft with this stuff. But um, he did have that. But otherwise, like, Jermaine Johnson, another great game. Quinn Williams, a dominant. Um, the two linebackers remain. Like, C.J. Mosley left for the two plays for, like, the first time all season, and and in those two plays, Jermaine, Jamie and Sherwood forced a fumble. And that was like, they're kind of like arguably saved the game because the, they were about to score, it seemed like, because they worked their way all the way up the field. Josh Jacobs is, say, I will say they have been harder, having a harder time stopping like strong running backs. Like Josh Jacobs was gashing them a little bit at the end, but yeah. they forced a turnover. Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed continue to just not get beat. Uh, Devontae Adams didn't have a catch in the second half. Uh, Jordan Whitehead got an interception. Like the defense is still on point, but. We are reaching the point where, like, Sauce is like having a hard like. The, the, I think they're gonna start to have a harder time not like pointing fingers because it's more and more obvious every week that like the defense is just not doing their part. I mean, the offense. Sorry, but anyway. So yeah, you mentioned Jacobs gashing them too, but that was mostly late in the game. Like that yeah, drive really stands out, right? And I, I mean, I think the defense gets gets tired a little bit. Like, yeah, I know they're rushing a lot new of edge out rushers stuff, yeah. in and out, but like the the actual defense tax you know I, I think they get worn down because of all the three and outs on the other side yeah I, I absolutely agree um and i think everybody on the offense knows that and you, you hear that from them like they have these short drives where they're not doing anything or i mean if thomas Moore said saves them a lot of the time because he puts he pins the offense back and stuff and i think he, he had one punt that was in like like inside the five i believe um but yeah the, i mean it, it, the defense is in a possible spot and they keep on performing but you know, again, it goes back to what we've talked about. They've been saying all year, like, we have to hold them to zero points. We have to score points for us. Like, that's an impossible standard to hold up for a defense. Like, um, and so that's pretty much, he was asked, like, is that, like, do you feel like you guys have to carry the load because the offense isn't? And he's like, yeah, but we also just have that standard anyway. Like, they're 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 getting pretty close to, like, starting to say, like, the offense is not doing shit. <laughs> um, and if it happens again this week, 
against a Bills team that is reeling in their own way. Although they're gonna, I think they're gonna be pretty fired up. Probably like I think they're gonna be pretty motivated at home. The crowd, that crowd's gonna be hostile because the Bills have been bad. Um, so it's gonna be a very interesting environment on Sunday. But I, uh, you have two really hard games. You have two very important hard games in the Bills and Dolphins back to back. And if you go zero and two in those games, and the offense does not score in those games, there's gonna be a real risk at this locker room fractures. I, I really think that's a possibility. Yeah, you have to go one on one to keep the playoffs alive. Yeah, to keep anyway. the season alive. Yeah, yeah, four and seven. Like done. Matt, it'll be if they lose both, then you're just playing the mathematical game, which we did last year, where you're like pretending every week that they're still in it, even though in the back of your mind you're like they're toast. But um, yeah, th- this is the, the two game stretch to save their season or to end their season ultimately in the division. All right, we, we teased potential personnel changes. Yeah, uh, you mentioned tight end, but like. Really, where where can they make uh, knowing that they're not making a move at coordinator yeah. or quarterback? Where do the changes come? I I mean I there's, there's no like it's going to be very like surface level, and I can't imagine it's something that will make a huge huge impact. But like the ones that jump out to me um, are Dwayne Brown coming back, plugging him in at left tackle, moving Makai to right tackle. I don't think Makai had a great game the other day, um, but uh, that's like an obvious one. I think playing Jeremy Ruckert more than CJ Uzama. I'm not as as convinced that'll happen. I think it should. Ruckert has had his struggles in recent weeks, uh, like blocking-wise, but Uzama is like almost unusable in a lot of ways. Like he just penalties, he's slow, um, doesn't really add much as a pass catcher. Like I think that was a loss as a free agent signing. Izzy Abanaconda, I think, is the obvious one that all fans want to see. And I don't think there's any reason why you don't. Like Michael Carter has not only brought nothing, but he's been detrimental in some ways recent weeks. Like he had a really bad penalty this last week. So he also had, I think it was him on just a brutal. They actually tried to to block the end with him on one play, and it was a complete whiff. And yeah, it was one of the sacks. So I the solution in my mind at running the running back rotation would be. Uh, you know, Brees Hall, obviously the, the first two downs. Um, I think you put Izzy in the Dalvin Cook role where he's kind of like subbing in every now and then for for a shot at like a big play, and you make Dalvin Cook the third down back. Um, I don't think you take Brees out. They take the Brees out the field too often. I, I I don't think I would do that every play necessarily, but I think Dalvin, he can he can do his job as a in pass protection, which is usually what you wanted out of your third down back. And I think he's starting to get his, into it. It was only a few carries, so I wouldn't put too much stock into it. But he looked a lot better. And I trust him more than I trust Michael Carter. And Izzy Abanaconda needs, like, if you're trying to f- find guys who can make plays, Izzy is one of those guys. So if he doesn't play again this week, I'm just, I don't know. And then the other moves would be at receiver, where um, I don't know how exactly you do it. Maybe you play Lazard less. But I I could see either Irv Charles or Jason Brownlee getting more playing time at receiver, is what I would say. Like, th- those are the, those are all the moves that I, internally that you can see that because it's not like they're going unless they go out and sign somebody on in free agency at receiver like i think jarvis landry still out there i don't think they'll, they're going to do something like that so those are the solutions i in terms of personnel changes like there's scheme stuff they can change there's tendencies they can change but like so what basically what i'm telling you is izzy abonaconda jeremy ruckert dwayne brown and irv charles like th- those aren't four guys that are going to make you you know a league average offense from being the second worst offense in the league but you hope there's a spark in there somewhere. And I think that's the idea. So um, I don't know why it's taken them this long to like decide to do these things. It always blows my mind, especially with the jets, what takes them so long. They're always reactive instead of proactive. And I think that's the sign of a coaching staff that doesn't really have foresight, uh, at least offensively. 
And yeah, it's uh so we'll see what happens. I think Izzy can provide a spark, but is he gonna fix the offense? Absolutely not. Um which I mean the, the last two is, weeks yeah. they've only like one play would have made the difference in the last totally. And I think that maybe that's like the hope you have. And I I my big thing and is I asked Sal about this and his answer kind of made fans mad because he's like I asked him why they weren't throwing the ball to Brees earlier. Um, because he had like fifty yards on three catches in the fourth quarter. And I know a lot of times they're on dump offs, but you have a more explosive guy for your checkdowns. So give him the ball. Like um, I get that you're not like you don't even need to design like passes for him. Just have him be the extra guy there that's waiting if there's nobody open and give him the ball and see what he can do with it. Because the running game's not really working very well right now. because uh, the team the defense knows it's coming. So the biggest like you know play tendency play calling tendencies, whatever I, I would change is getting Brees the ball in the passing game. Getting Garrett I mean they they've kind of they kind of did this this last game, but getting Garrett the ball quickly after the snap on like slants and stuff like that. And manufacturing some touches for Gibson, which they store, sort of did. They're still not doing it in the way that I necessarily like. It's been a little more down the field still. I, I would try and get him in space because he's a very shifty guy. Um, like, there's ways they can, like, I, on paper, it doesn't look like their offense is very talented anymore. Whereas maybe before the season, we thought it was. They do have Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, though, and most teams don't have a running back wide receiver pairing like that. So. There's no excuse to be as bad as they are in offense, no matter what your personnel is. You can use all the excuses you want, and I get they plan for Aaron Rodgers. Um, but the thing that's annoying me the most about the solid press conferences um, and Hackett to a degree, but he's taking a little – I wouldn't say he's taking responsibility, but he said we have to be better. But, you know, the solid just constantly saying, you know, we're it's, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot too many times. It's every week. So they – that's like your identity on offense and the fact that they haven't been able to figure That's out coaching. So if it, so if it's not on the quarterback, then it's on the coaching staff and mm-hmm. you're the head coach. So um, the more he talks, the more it becomes clear it's on him. Like they, he needs to get his team better prepared. And I get, he's not an offensive coach and he lets, he lets his coordinators run their units, but you're the head coach and the season is, you know, fading. Uh, so it's on you to like take control, like whether that's him getting more involved on offense or whatever it is like the, the, the self-inflicted wounds, the shooting yourself in the foot. Like if I, his first, the first words out of his mouth were self-inflicted wounds. And it, I almost like walked out of there because I'm so tired of hearing <laughs> that phrase. And Brian Costello, who's covered the team forever, says like all the Jets coaches over the years have like used that. Like what that's your way of like avoiding saying what's actually wrong in a lot of ways. <laughs> and I it's just, also a way of blaming. I mean, it's, it's, if that's what you're saying, it's your I mean, fault. It's excuse, it's, it's, it's excuse making ultimately. Like, it's not saying well, our past coach teams don't make those mistakes. Exactly. And that's the point. And it's, it's week. We're going into week 11 and they've had those every week. And you just tell us that. And then we ask, well, how are you going to fix it? And then they tell us something and then they don't fix it. So, and I get it. Like you can't plan for a holding penalty. You can't plan for a drop. You can't plan for a bad Garrett Wilson throw. You can't um, plan for a Zach Wilson interception where he's staring the guy down, but the coaches are supposed to get them better prepared. And when they go out on the field, they're supposed to, you know, just be playing within themselves and it doesn't seem like they're doing that. The the other thing about making changes, and this isn't the reason I think they should make changes, but it, you'd think it would be in his mind is like job. Like if you're Robert Sala right now and this thing is is slipping away, I mean, maybe they feel like because of the Rodgers injury, they get a mulligan, this coaching staff. I don't know that maybe this confidence like, We'll be back next year because Aaron will be back and everything will be fine. But like, this is when in a normal like coaching stretch of time, right, with a team, like 
this is when coaches should be in a sense panicking. Like, okay, I'm done. Like if this doesn't turn around, I'm definitely getting fired at the end of the season. Um, and that's another reason to make a change selfishly. If you're the coach, like we got to mix things up to, to just salvage this thing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say that they aren't panicking behind the scenes. Um, but I do think there's a part where I think internally they feel like, um, like the Rogers thing isn't talked about enough. The fact that they had this whole plan for him and they lost him and now they're screwed, but you know, you're the, you're the, you guys are the coaches and you have to, it's on you to turn it around. So um, I mean, you even look at Salah, you know, just just to keep pointing the finger at him, I guess. Um, at the end of the game where the, the Jets got the ball back, uh, even after Zach's interception, uh, Wilson completes a pass down the field to Tyler Conklin, and they take their time calling the timeout. And Salah was the one who's in charge of doing that, and he was not close enough to the official. Like, I don't think he was paying attention, and he saw the official. He thought the official was next to him, and he wasn't. And so he had to chase him down and call the timeout. Like that's just bad awareness of the situation. And that's on they him. lost five seconds on that. Play. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it didn't matter. Like they probably weren't going to score, but you know, those are valuable seconds in the situation and just reflects poorly on the head coach. So, you know, I think it's on him to rally his, his team and whether he believes Zach Wilson's good enough or Tim Boyle or, you know, whatever it is like good coaches overcome those situations. And you guys decided that Zach Wilson was your backup quarterback. I'm sure they regret now not bringing in anybody of note. Like, I don't think Trevor Simeon is a real option in their minds. So um, you didn't go for the Josh Dobbs thing. And maybe we can transition. Yeah. Let's let's jump into that. Yeah. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss army knife have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss army knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So Somebody I mean, actually commented early on in the show. Yeah. Um, let, here we go. Lou. Lou Giordano. Can we call this episode the Josh Dobbs Therapy Hour? I desperately need an explanation on why we didn't trade for him. Here we go. I mean, it's, it's another writer. Um I was, te- I was I'm in a group of some other writers and and one of them was like I I don't get how 
I mean, I feel like you guys have to like bring up the Josh Dobbs thing every single time you talk about the Jets. Like it's is it any excuses the Jets are making? Josh Dobbs in in over the course of ten days with a new team without knowing his teammates or the offense won two games and accounted for five touchdowns, I believe. Um, and Carson Wentz just signed with the with the the Rams, and it's my understanding that Carson Wentz never got an offer from the Jets. Like they never officially offered him anything. I think they approached him with interest. I think it was maybe too late. By the time they did, because um, the Rams already had, you know, offered him an interesting opportunity where Matthew Stafford keeps getting hurt and it's better structure over there probably. Uh, so you had those two options. You had, you know, you could have traded for Dobbs. And I, I think the Jets are ultimately going to regret not bringing somebody in. When they did it, it was because they were scared of hurting Zach Wilson's confidence. And I think that is such a bullshit reason. And it's, and it's going to cost them their season. Like, I'm if not you're afraid I, of that, then he's not the guy anyway. Like if, I know. If, oh, I think that the thing is that they announced he was not the guy last year with how they acted right. by benching him twice and then going after every quarterback who with a pulse this offseason. Um, but their mistake was not bringing in any competition for him as the backup and then rolling with him when Rodgers got hurt, which everybody with eyes knew was going to be a problem. Like the whole idea was going to sit, he was going to redshirt this year. And so in his mind, he was redshirting too. And so then you throw him in there and he's not ready. And oh, shocker. And so we, we go through 10 weeks and they never brought anybody of note in and it's entirely on them. And ultimately if it sinks their season, it's entirely on them too. I don't know if that's Salah, if that's Joe Douglas, one or both of them deserve the blame for that, but they fucked that up. And I think everybody knows it. Um, and Zach Wilson has five touchdowns in 10 games or nine games. Like that's, it's, that's like hard to do. I don't, I don't really get it. <laughs> and for, for even like you saying, like Zach, there's games where it seems like Zach's not the problem or stuff, but you look up and he has stats that no quarterback has ever. Like, I think that I saw there was a stat that he's the lowest touchdown percentage of any quarterback ever with at least 900 pass attempts. Like, yeah, ever. Like 20, 20 touchdowns and nine. Yeah, like 2% touchdown rate. Like, that, there's enough evidence that he's not a, a quarterback that can lead a winning team, even with an elite defense. And so, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala are going to have to answer at the end of the season when they're seven and 11 again, or whatever that or I can't do math seven and 10 uh, or whatever they are. They're going to have to answer for the fact that they thought it was a good idea to roll into the season with a 39 year old quarterback. And Zach Wilson has the only option as his backup. Um, I'm sure they are, they, they might defend it when we ask them about it, but I, I'm pretty confident that behind the scenes right now, they know that they regret that decision and, whatever all other decisions you want to criticize Joe Douglas for. And I think this free agent class this year looks pretty brutal. Uh, you know, not drafting an offensive player in the first round looks like a bad idea. Um, Douglas has made a lot of mistakes in the last year, he, but he got Aaron Rodgers, and they didn't have a good contingency plan. And that's the most Jetsian thing ever, I guess. And it's not like we're hindsight, right? Like, yeah. Oh, people were, I prob- spoke about I've said it now. Like I, process. I, I, I didn't, I was like, you know, I kind of get going into the season with Zach. They feel like that he's not going to have to play anyway. Like I kind of, I didn't defend it, but I was, you know, I understood it at the time. And in, in retrospect, I should have like been more hard on them for not bringing in a backup. Like, like Teddy Bridgewater signed with the lions for like no money. Like Teddy Bridgewater would, they would absolutely have a couple more wins if Teddy Bridgewater was their quarterback right now. Um, Jet Jets gang just said, Zach, how do you put hack at offense stouts then blame the QB? Those they're two separate things. Like I'm not blaming right. the QB. I, I, I there's no nuance in this discussion anymore. It's so annoying. I 
like the 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 offensive coordinator is bad and the quarterback is bad. I'm not blaming the quarterback. I'm not blaming the offensive coordinator. They're both the problem. So anyway, um, we're not picking sides. Yeah, I'm not picking equal opportunity blame um, is what I would say. But Hackett is a very big problem, and he's not a good offensive coordinator. That's a fact too. But anyway, so um, the quarterback thing is going to wind up killing their season unless Tim Boyle saves the day. And and I do wonder, you know, they're, they're sticking with Zach. They're sticking with Zach. You ask behind the scenes, they're going to stick with him. I don't know if they necessarily believe in Tim Boyle as as much as, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers does or may, the fan base wants to. But at, at a certain point, it's like the Mike White thing again. Like you make a change to see if it can spark the offense. And if Tim Boyle is bad, and if you don't believe in Trevor Simeon, then you go back to Zach. But um, if – if Zach Wilson is brutal against the Bills and or the Dolphins, then I don't see how you can keep rolling with him if you want this locker room not to fracture. Oh, a couple news and notes um, before we say goodbye. Um, they are bringing in more offensive linemen here this week. Jets claim Austin Deculus from the Texans, but they cut Tenzel Smart to make room for him, Zach. Obviously a hard knocks hero. Tenzel was a great story. One of the, the cool storylines on there, a fun guy. Is he going to end up back on the practice squad? I would think so, uh, but you still feel bad for him having to get shuffled yeah. back and forth like that. Yeah, that's kind of the life of a guy at the bottom of a roster, unfortunately. But good guy. He played a lot last week, too, so I can't imagine he would just be off the team. Right. Uh, how about Deculus? I don't really know much about him. Based on like what Dame Brugler wrote about him coming out of the draft, it sounds like he's mostly like a right tackle type player. But you know, taking flyers on off young offensive linemen, there's there's worse things you could do. Like the Jets need all the help they can get there. Like they have a lot of tackles on their on their active roster right now, technically, and they probably will activate Dwayne Brown this week, I would think, or maybe not. I don't know. But um, yeah, so that's uh, another addition for them. And then this is probably the news we should have led the yeah, show with. It with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Streveler working out for the Niners in San Francisco. I don't know if you combine Streveler and Shanahan, Zach, that could be special. I mean, he already knows how to run that kind of <laughs> offense. He was with uh, LaFleur last year. So I don't know. You know, he's, he's threatening another jet, former jet quarterback and Sam Darnold, another highly drafted guy. Uh, I mean, it'd be cool for him if he went to that team. Like that could like contend with the Super Bowl, but yeah, good for him. I know he's been working out in Arizona and he's been like training young quarterbacks and stuff like that. I think he's been doing some analysis work for um, whatever conference he played in at uh, like South Dakota State or whatever it was. I think he's like been doing some analyst stuff for them. But yeah, you know we're pro Strev here, so hopefully this 49er sign him and then bench Brock Purdy. Yeah, I mean we want we want Strev to be a Jet, but knowing that that's not possible at this point, we just want him in the NFL. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think the NFL is a better place with him in it. And especially if he ends up on the Niners and the Jets don't make the playoffs, then we can all just jump on the bandwagon, right? Like, let's get oh, we have a team to root for. He's yeah. got he's got a Canadian ring. We all know True. that. Yeah. And especially because if he gets the ring, right, who knows what's going to go on in the parade in San Francisco? Strep. Third string yeah. quarterback, Super Bowl champion. Can't wait. Contingent might have to go to it. That's pretty good. I'm not sure if we can convince the company to pay for that trip. <laughs> oh, but, come on, guys. But maybe we just go on our, on our own anyway. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> All right. Are we missing anything? Uh, not that I can think of. Um, I already told you about my Vegas adventures. So 
I, uh, I mentioned to I mentioned to you, you know, through text, but we might as well throw float it out there because there was a we actually got a tweet during the week like, I love the show, but could you just talk about anything other than the Jets? So if things continue the way they're going, we may do an episode where we don't talk about the yeah, Jets. I think it, I th- feel like if we get through these Bills and Dolphins game and we're as down on them as we are right now, then I feel like the move is we have a non-Jets pod and see what people think. About yeah, and I, and I think we just put it out to the comments section. Like, what do you want us Anything. to talk about? You know, Maybe we can bring on that, that, that guy we don't like to talk about. Yeah, that would be a good episode for him. Yeah. We can talk golf. We can talk Marvel. Um, babies babies food <laughs> um whatever we'll we'll leave it up to you to pick the top so that's a possibility like if things we're not we're not bad, we're not hoping for that to by look the way forward to no we're, we're not we don't ho- want it we're not hoping for that we want the jets to be good like i don't ever actually oh, want them man. to lose do people, we do we ever people think that reporters i always talk about this on here i feel like people always think that reporters like are we're negative so that means we want yeah. the jets to lose no we're no. negative because the jets are bad and so we're writing about the things that are bad about them so um so yes no, we're not we're not like hoping there's no reporter this, but... out there that's like i don't want to cover a playoff game i don't want to go to the super bowl like i just want to get done with the season and you know stop traveling before the playoffs start like there's no football reporter in the world that's thinking that way you but want your team to be good but you cover it the way it is exactly Someone just asked how Marissa's doing. She's doing great. We still text with her all the time. Um, the Browns are looking pretty good right now. Yeah, yeah a great win against the Ravens. We were, we were actually. That's actually been fun on Sundays texting Marissa about the Browns. Yeah, well, because especially this week because the Jets yeah. weren't playing, right? So when, and like, the Browns had that crazy game where they they kept they like had a pick six at the very beginning and they had another fumble and Sean Watson gets hurt and, and the next thing you know they like win at the very end after, after missing an extra point. Like that was. Oh, that was Brownsy and Marissa win. almost <laughs> dropped the baby when they kicked. Yeah, the I know she sent us a video of her uh, <laughs> like watching, and she was. I've never seen her more focused. It was, it was like scary. She was like very focused on that game, and then she, then she celebrated. It was really funny. So she's due back with us though um, at the beginning oh, of yeah. the year, as far as I know. So we'll see not, where the not Jets too far are. Away, we're out about that. Yeah, we're getting there. Five, uh, six weeks. So something six to look weeks until to. we should start a countdown. Then the yeah, Marissa yeah. Countdown. Marissa counts on clock. Something to look yep. forward to. We get Marissa back. And so we can stop flailing on our own over here. Yeah, exactly. All right. (laughs) That's going to do it. We'll be back later in the week to get you ready for this Bills game, which it again, it becomes a must win really for both teams at this point. So we'll get you ready for that later in the week. Maybe we could reach out to Joe, Zach. What do you think? Joe? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was going to producing on the fly here. Yeah. I was going to message him uh, like today or tomorrow. Joe Biscaglia does such a good job covering the Bills for us. Um, So maybe we'll try to get him on and we'll talk to everybody later this week on the Can't Wait podcast. 